Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka and Ryan Huang with you. It is time now for Mind Your Business. And today we're taking a look at the world of digital entertainment. Web3 Games has seen mass adoption in Southeast Asia with an estimated compound annual growth rate of 8.6% from 2020 to 2025, making the region one of the fastest growing games markets globally. Now, with blockchain and the idea of asset ownership baked into its DNA, Web3 is opening up a profound new layer of player engagement and developer opportunity. Play to earn becomes another kind of gaming lifestyle when users factor in the potential profitability of their playing time. Purchasable assets, that's another thing. In fact, you know, like a, either some kind of a weapon in the game or clothing for your avatar, that type of thing. That is also very important to gamers these days when they actually you know, belong to them instead of the developer with uh, all that becoming another form of uh, a revenue stream in that sense. But there is a learning curve. It's quite a complex technology itself, the new ownership paradigm and the impact of the player-developer relationship. These pose challenges for developers that are starting to tackle the Web3 space. So let's find out more about Web3. Uh, on the line with me is Ken Y. Lau, who is chairman and co-founder of iCandy Interactive. Good morning, Ken Y. Good morning. iCandy, let's uh, talk about the company first. It's an ASX-listed company and largest game developer in Southeast Asia and Oceania region. About 700-plus full-time employees. So what's iCandy famous for when it comes to games? Well, so we have two main business lines. On one side, we do co-development with very big studios globally. We were known to remake some of the classics, Command & Conquer, Warcraft 3, Starcraft. We actually helped... Pleasure to remaster them so that got us really famous. And then on the other hand, then we have our own IT studios that include mobile games and HTML5 games, basically web games that, that are very active as well. Mm-hmm. You're getting access to some pretty amazing technology with Blizzard and licensing opportunity as well. We understand that iCandy recently acquired Lemon Sky Studios. Tell us a little bit about this acquisition. What's the rationale behind it? So Lemon Sky Studio is a top-notch uh, AAA game development studio. Uh, they also specialize in VFX, game art, and game animation, probably among the top handful in Asia. So with that AAA ability, we are able to produce very high-quality game. So the game requirement nowadays is not just fun and exciting to play. It has to be very beautifully designed and executed as well. So that amazing ability of Lemon Sky gave us that edge over some of our competitions. Wow. You know, Kinwa, I fancy myself a gamer and I've ever told myself that I don't ever want to stop gaming. Even when I'm 60, I still want to be there with the console, right? But now there's this thing called Web3 Gaming. I'm afraid I can't keep up. Could you tell me a bit about Web3 Gaming? What's it all about? Sure. Well, Web3 Gaming is relatively new, but it's, it's all the rage in the gaming world today. It's all about, as you earlier put it, it's a very decentralized way of building games on top of very new blockchain technology and digital asset model. So the true Web3 game would actually be very focused on two things. One is it's decentralized 
it's built on blockchain and technology that are not owned by any single party, which then relates to the second part of it, digital ownership. So gamers could own virtual assets, be it avatar, be it weapons, be it a dress, pair of virtual shoes, they could actually either purchase or earn through the games and actually own those digital assets in the form of NFTs, for example. And that gives them ability to either keep those assets forever or even trade them out in a open market, for example. So that would be uh, very much a game changer compared to how traditional games have been designed and built for gamers. I was born too early. If I were born younger, later, I, I, this would be my career. Wow. But are there challenges that, that come along with this? Is it because it's on the blockchain technology that there is some level of security? For sure. So as of any new technology that there is a learning curve for user to adopt to. So for example, to get into ownership of assets, you, you need to have a digital wallet the early stages of the technology require user to set up a wallet, which requires a fair bit of technical scale, but it's getting easier. So those are kind of the uh, barrier to entry for some of the gamers. But I think gamers savvy anywhere in the world, so they, they have a fair bit of technical ability and know-how. It's just a matter of uh, learning things, and it's not difficult to find a video on the internet today to pick up those technical skills. Mm, those content creators also capitalizing on these new technologies and earning money in, another, in, in that sense. Interesting ecosystem. Uh, we're calling ASEAN a hyper-casual gaming community. Kinwai, could you help define this for us? Hyper-casual gaming community. What exactly does that mean? Sure. So, hyper-casual denotes games that are very easy to pick up. You probably just need about one to two minutes to learn how to play the games and start playing the game and enjoying the game. It's a very big growth area in the gaming industry and you can imagine it's very popular as well because you could just be sitting on a subway MRT and you only have 5-10 minutes. You could pick up a hyper-casual game and start playing it without spending too much time to learn it. Okay. The ASEAN is, is been a hotbed for hyper-casual games. People love playing short games that are very easy to master. Mm. So it's also our culture here in that sense. We don't go for long drives, taking public transport. Uh, is that what's contributed to ASEAN being such a, a hotbed for it? Yes and no. So okay. it's it's not just a short commute, but it's also, I think, attention span. People are switching between things, apps to look at on all yeah. those. So they don't want to be playing games sometimes for hours. So rather five, ten minutes short bursts of games would be more interesting. Mm, I assume also, you know, infrastructurally is that access to smartphones and, and smart technology as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So from your observation, let's talk about how Web3 Gaming has gained popularity in this region. I mean, you mentioned earlier on it's, it's down to that attention span, down to switching apps. Are there anything else that has, has played a part? Anything else that we should pay attention to apart from, I don't know, maybe just post-COVID, everybody has lesser attention, they just want to play their games? Absolutely. So we saw a huge uptick in terms of gaming activities during the high of COVID in the region. Mm. So it was 
all these locking boredom that actually drives adoption. But more than anything else, I think generally gaming trend has been on the rise last decade and is expected to continue to grow significantly. I think it's also coming down to we have the whole generations of digital natives mm. who are more used to getting entertained online than physically. Right? So I think people would be continuously looking to find all sort of digital entertainment uh, channels online and gaming being one of the major gaming channels, uh, major entertainment outlet online. Mm. I'm curious as to if I ever wanted to take myself seriously as a gamer one day and you know do Web3 gaming as a side income. What are some of the things that I should pay attention to? I mean, should I allow or can I allow anonymous transactions perhaps? Yeah, I think to, to certain extent, a lot of the games will allow um, anonymous transactions. But if you are starting to trade large, and they would probably the game would probably require you to identify yourself, and you know the open market that you trade on sometimes may require some identification as well. Mm-hmm. And and the blockchain aspect again, you know, coming back to that cybersecurity issue, that's still in play, and it is secure. It should be okay. Blockchain technology is configured to be very secure and it's right. not easy to be compromised. But right. then again, we have all sort of challenges which usually is related to the human factor where mm. actually, mm. for example, password um, being put in unsecure locations yeah. and, and that sort, right? So that usually would be one of the challenges. And of course, when you come to battery gaming, the digital assets, whether it's a pair of shoes uh, online or, or, you know, a sort, it could be worth significant money in the marketplace and hence there is a fair bit more perhaps the security concern when mm. it comes to Web3 gaming and assets. This can actually go into a term which I understand as NFT games. How does an NFT game work, for example? Yeah, NFT, as the name you notice, it's actually the tokenized mm-hmm. digital asset. Mm-hmm. So you, you could own a digital token that represents a virtual asset in-game and hence an NFT game. So, for example, you would typically start to play a game and most of these games are free-to-play on Web3 as well. Then as you progress through the game, you probably get a drop of a pair of shoes, for example, in the form of NFT, and then that belongs to you. You keep it into your wallet. That NFT pair of shoes would be something you could send to your friend, you could trade on the open market, or you could just keep it in your wallet continuously for as long as you want. And does eye candy uh, dabble in NFT games? Oh, definitely. It's, it's one of our major focuses for us. We have about six games that is based on NFT that we are building currently. Mm. So, I mean, where do you see this blockchain game industry going as far as Southeast Asia is concerned? How can it grow even more? We are already in a very good position as the Southeast Asia gaming community. It's one of the most active in the world. We could definitely encourage it by building framework, engaging good policy with the government, for example. And I think that 360 approach to encouraging the growth industry would be superb for growth of the uh, battery gaming industry in Southeast Asia. Just a final question, uh, Ken Wai, and, and really this is personal, just for fun. So if I wanted to embark on a journey as a Web3 gamer, what would your advice be? Where should I start? So one of the eSports platform called ESPL, uh, eSports just uh, launched a Web3 eSports tournament platform. So wow. there are about 60 games that you could play on that platform. So fantastic place to discover Web3 games to play and compete with other gamers as well. Mm.
Okay, I'll give it a try and see how bad it turns out. <laughs> I've been speaking with uh, Ken Wai Lau, who is chairman and co-founder of iCandy Interactive. Ken Wai, I appreciate your time this morning. You take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.